my wife now is really the reason why you know i've put out two albums in four years um because she's sort of she she's a fan and she 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 can't really really see why i'm not doing it and i think that creative people sometimes just need a little bit of love close at hand to you know an encouragement to get you know get the wheels in motion again and um so it's really testament to her that you know I've, i'm back out there and so much so that when we tour you know natasha is always on the merch stand you know she's there um she knows a lot of our fans and supporters and and in some ways it's brought the family back together again this is a test this station was conducting a test of the emergency broadcast system this is only a test concludes this test of the emergency broadcast system. Right, so on this podcast and elsewhere, I've been extremely lucky to speak to a bunch of bands that soundtrack my teenage years. And we all know that music rarely matters as much as it does when you're a teenager. But there are very few acts that I've been granted an opportunity to speak to that matter to me quite as much at that age as Jake Shillingford's My Life Story, who I'm talking to on the podcast today. 1997's The Golden Mile, their second record, was everything I wanted music to be at that time. Ambitious, romantic, politicised, in the sense that the glamour and spectacle of the band was in itself political tend to find that there are music fans that get that and music fans that don't. Either stance is fine, music is for everyone, that's always been my view. But the ones that do get it, those are my favourite sorts of music fans. The ones that know that bands aren't just here to entertain us, but to provide a code for living. That music can do more than make us just feel, it can make us think and do. It shapes lives. It's been a long time since I was a teenager, but I still feel like that about music. I still think it's just about the most important thing in the world, and I suspect Jay Shillingford feels much the same. Excitingly, My Life Story return on February 9th with a new album, their fifth, titled Loving You Is Killing Me. It's a collection of songs as good as they've ever committed to tape. Low on the strings that soared and swelled their indie pop to the grandiose creations of the 90s, but still brilliantly crafted art pop. Melodic vessels for their leader's big and bruised heart. What follows is a conversation I've always wanted to have with Jake. I'm grateful he gave me the time to have it, and I will absolutely be there when the Britpop veterans take that record on tour later next month. But before I get into the episode proper, allow me to make a plea to you. Lots of people listen to this podcast. It's a thrill that even one person listens regularly, let alone a thousand or so. But if some of you might subscribe to the Patreon link in the show notes, then it really is the best way that you can support the podcast. 
It helps me with the costs of keeping it running. It helps me devote more time to securing the best guests I possibly can. And in return, you get extra episodes. I've been publishing some of them this weekend. Go check out the Patreon. One more time, link in the show notes to see what's already up there. And there is much more to come. But first, my life story. And teenage me is absolutely cock-a-hoo. Brighton at home actually and actually behind me is um that goes all the way to the floor I've just dug out loads of my life story memorabilia um yeah are you feeling wistful or is there a reason for that uh, yeah I'm not I'm not really going to go through them I think I think after this album's out of the way I'll start to uh go through it and collate it all and I, I'm thinking of just photographing it all and then throwing it out that's my that's what I tend to do these days. Downsizing, you know, when you get to a certain age. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to be ready for the for the great beyond. You can't leave it all <laughs> to the people who love you. Um, no, I was. I, it's funny. I, I should. I should clear my throat. I'll put a little little bit of this in the intro, but I should clear my throat before we before mm. we have a chat. Uh, so I was nuts on my life story as a kid. Like the Golden oh. Mile was the Golden Mile was a big a big record uh, around my way and. I don't actually think I've seen you in the flesh, not that we're in the flesh, but, you know, actually looking at your face. Uh, since one night when me and my girlfriend at the time, my teenage girlfriend, big, big feelings, drove to Sheffield to see you at the lead mill. And when you, I think you'd opened with Sparkle. Mm. And, my, and my girlfriend out of nowhere pulled out some sparklers. Yeah. And, and lit them. And immediately, like all of the security in the venue, like ran towards her to almost be like, and I was, I was, well, you know, rightly that she had a, a flammable object in 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 public, and I was like, oh my god, like what is happening? Uh, but she she was nuts on your band. So in the unlikely event that she's listening to this episode, hello Sam, here I am speaking to Jake Shillingford from uh, My Lab Story. Hello Sam, and yeah, I mean, of course, uh, yeah. Um, that did happen quite frequently. The um, Parlophone Records um, agreed to me um, my pleas of of we wanted to do a, a promo sort of gift, I think. Um, and when Sparkle came out, yeah, we we had a branded sparklers with sort of My Life Story logo on them, so that's where she would have got them from. Or unless unless I, maybe some fans started to then get their own but initially there was a sort of i don't know we sent out about 100 200 branded packets of sparklers um i'm pretty i'm pretty sure she she brought her own a sort of right, corner, okay. corner shop owned brand. yeah um was there not some hoo-ha about if that feels a little bit like a hard one to get signed off with the uh the the fear of litigation yeah like oh, i think yeah, the initial idea, I think, was it, because it was from the marketing department. So I think they thought that when they sent out these, were, these would have been, you know, sending out the CD to the likes of yourself, really, of that yeah. time. So I think they probably thought that there would have been responsible journalists and DJs, um, you know, 
just maybe looking at them and using them on the appropriate evening in November. But um, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think they probably started bringing them to gigs and then that sort of took off from there. I have to say as well, I did an episode recently with Andrew Harrison from Select magazine, and it was kind mm. of like a, a bit of a sort of deep, deep dive into my youth and nostalgia and such like. And I, I put on Facebook, I said, oh, I'm, I'm speaking to the former editor of Select, and a load of people jumped in who were like, I'll never forgive them for their review of My Life Stories, The Golden Mile. And I and you say people like myself, but I actually remember having a really early, I was obviously just a fan then, and I remember having a really early um, example of feeling my frustrations with the music press, that they had given such a poor, sniffy rating to a record I loved so much. And it sort mm. of shaped how I was from that point on as a writer, really, being like, you know, you know what? I mean, I I get for five seconds it's funny to say a record is of no worth, but yeah, it's a terribly mean thing to do as well, you know. Yeah, I think that. Um, I mean, that one was so particularly vitriolic and sort of personal that I, you know, it it, it was sort of you know when something is so there's obviously something going on. So you know, I, did, I don't think it was a reflection of the record itself. So actually, it was it was a water of the duck's back, and and I think that, I mean. My life story, we're all always very lucky that apart from you know that that particular um review um we were we always we were always very we were really were a journalist band actually i think a lot of journalists really really wanted my life story to do well because you know we came from the streets you know we weren't some invented record company band you know the 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 whole or- orchestra of my life story was was formed by me you know going up to people in the street meet you know going up to people on the london underground and asking them you know seeing them carrying violin cases and asking them if they wanted to cross the river sticks over to from classical music into you know alternative music so you know i think that you know the yeah, that, it was a bit of a shock, though. That I have to be honest when that came out, and I'm glad. I'm glad fans are still talking about it and defending us to this day. That's really nice to hear. Yeah, no, absolutely. John Earls again, another shout out. Uh, the journalist John Earls. He was. He hasn't let it go. Um, <laughs> that was a preview of my conversation with my life story. Hear it in full over at the Patreon. Hear it on the Patreon. 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 Uh, 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 uh.